Today's episode of Locked On Yankees is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. I'm a baseball writer and a podcast host, and you may have read my work at places like Baseball Prospectus, The Hardball Times, Sporting News, and the ESPN Sweet Spot blog. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at StayScots. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either account. We're also on Instagram at Locked On Yankees, all one word. So feel free to follow us there as well. If you're a new listener, hello, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. So the Yankees did not have the start they probably desired. They dropped two out of three to the Blue Jays this weekend. We'll talk all about that. And it's not all bad news. Let's just get that out of the way right away. It's not all bad. People are acting as if the sky is falling, but there were some positives we can take away from this weekend. We'll go through everything. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. So as I said, the Yankees dropped two of three to the Blue Jays, which isn't a great start to the season. But it's the first series of the year, and I know that people would like to get off to a good start, but the Yankees don't usually do that. <laughs> it seems they like to be slow starters, and for some reason, there are Yankee fans out there who are acting like this is the worst thing in the world. They're behaving as if they've never watched baseball before. It's 162 games, and I know people are going to say, but if they lose the division by one game, this game in April had something to do with it. Sure. Okay. But again, it's 162 games. They're not going to win all 162 games. They're not going to win every single series. Things like this are going to happen throughout the season. I get that people are upset just because you were so excited about baseball starting. And then the first series of the year is a bit of a bummer. But as I said at the top, there were some positives. And the main issue with the Yankees this weekend was the offense not showing up. They didn't really show up in the first game on opening day when they left 10 runners on base and were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. They didn't do much yesterday either, scoring only one run and not helping poor Michael King out. By the way, we'll talk about this a little later, but Michael King had a performance for the ages, honestly. And there are going to be series like this where the pitching does well, but the offense doesn't do well. Then there are going to be series where the offense is on fire, but the pitching looks iffy. And then you'll have series where both aspects of the team, or we'll say all three aspects, because offense, pitching, defense, all that stuff, will be working for the Yankees. And yes, there were some iffy moments this weekend, but we'll chalk it up to it being the first weekend of the season. 
things will get better. Do not think that this weekend is any proof of what's going to come for the rest of the season. I can't believe I have to tell people this. I really don't. I understand younger baseball fans reacting as if every out takes a year off their life. (laughs) Because I'll say, when I was in my 20s, I mean, I lived and died with baseball. But it also, in my 20s, didn't help. I mean, I always talk about how great my 20s were because the Yankees did so well, but it also didn't help that they did so well from when I was 22 through the time I was 27. It was automatic or almost automatic that they'd make the World Series and win it. And that kind of spoiled my generation a bit. And then 2004 happened. And at least for me, that just reset everything. And after 2004, I wasn't as crazed going into the playoffs as I was in previous years. And now that I'm in my mid-40s, I really, I try not to react to a baseball game as if it's life or death. I try not to. There are some moments where I, you know, I get angry when things happen on the TV. That's understandable. Everyone does. You know, a guy will swing at a pitch that's three feet off the plate and you're thinking, what the hell are you doing? Or a guy bobbles a ball on an easy play. The runner is safe. Then that runner ends up scoring. It's frustrating. Or an outfielder loses a ball in the sun. Stuff happens. But what I don't understand is... I just don't understand people who were my age and older acting just, I think at this point in our lives, we should know that baseball isn't the end all be all of everything, right? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I had this all thought out yesterday and I figured, oh, this is going to be great for the show because I can talk about this. And now that I'm talking about it, I'm having trouble conveying my thoughts Maybe because it's Monday and I've only had one cup of coffee. That's probably it. But do you understand what I'm trying to say? I don't know. I feel like younger fans are the ones that don't realize baseball is not life. And the older fans should realize that, you know, you've been watching this sport for how many years? You know that the first series of the season does not determine how a team's going to do. We've seen so many Yankee teams start off slow and then finish up strong. And I don't understand why people are overreacting to this. Now, not everyone's overreacting, but I saw a lot of people on Twitter overreacting. And I just, I actually had to log off yesterday for a while because I would have just snapped at everyone. I even jokingly tweeted, I said, "Um, if you can't handle watching baseball, don't watch it. Just do everyone else a favor and don't watch it. And yes, this is coming off as me trying to tell other people how to be a fan and gatekeeping. But my point is, there are so many more important things happening in the world, honestly. And yes, baseball is an escape. And yes, you're going to get angry at games. But please don't react like it's life or death. That's all I'm saying. That's it. You can get angry. You can get happy. But just, I don't know. It just seems too extreme to me. Especially during the first weekend of the season. If this was a playoff series and the Yankees were doing this, although it is similar to the last playoff series that they played, um... If it were a playoff series, I can understand getting this angry, but not the first series of the season. Because if you're going to react like this to every single series, it's not going to be fun for you to watch baseball at all. And yes, I'm going to say all the cliches 
It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's how you finish, not how you start, blah, blah, blah. But it is kind of true. My point is, enjoy the fact that baseball is back. Get angry that the Yankees offense didn't show up. But don't act as if it's the end of the world that they didn't win this series. That's all I'm saying. In a moment, we will shine the spotlight on Michael King. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can bet on the NBA, college basketball, NHL. You can bet on baseball. You can even bet on who's going to win all the awards in baseball, even though that's not happening for a while. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. You can bet on the Oscars. They haven't happened yet. That's not for another two weeks. You can probably bet on shows like The Masked Singer, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. Not that I watch any of those shows, but they might be a lot more fun if you bet on them. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine are at betonline.ag. It has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Domingo Herman made his 2021 debut yesterday and it didn't go well. And because of that, the Yankees called upon Michael King to clean up his mess. And my goodness... Michael King had himself an outing. Now, he had something working in his favor yesterday because King has faced the Blue Jays a number of times because, as a minor leaguer in the Yankee system, he faced Bo Bichette, Vlad Jr., Biggio, and a bunch of the other younger guys on the Blue Jays. And back in June 2018, he tossed a three-hitter and struck out 11 batters for Trenton against New Hampshire. On Sunday, he retired 16 Blue Jays in a row and threw six scoreless innings in relief. This was so annoying to watch because he did what he needed to do. He kept the Blue Jays off the board after they scored those three runs off Domingo Herman. He did everything the Yankees, well, he did more than what the Yankees expected him to do. He held that game down, and then the offense didn't do anything. <laughs> he became the first Yankee reliever to throw six innings and allow one hit or fewer since Bob Shirley in 1986. It's been 35 years since that's happened. <laughs> so Michael King, who looked a little iffy in spring training, comes out and mows down the Blue Jays. Again, he did everything and more yesterday. I mean, the Yankees probably were expecting him to throw a couple of innings, not realizing that, wow, he's just going to mow everyone down. Now, it's funny because <laughs> his outing started off rough. He walked Randall Gritchick on four pitches, then he allowed a single to Joe Panic, but then after that, he shut everyone down. He retired the final 16 batters that he faced. He struck out three. He's the first Yankee reliever to retire 16 or more consecutive batters since Neil Allen on May 31st, 1988. That's per the Elias Sports Bureau. 
So King said about the Blue Jays, I've seen these hitters a lot where it's not just me facing them, but I also watch a lot of video on that. Yeah, I've had a couple of outings that have been pretty good, but none at the big league level, obviously. Um, So after he issued the walk to Grichik and allowed the single to panic, he said, I just ended up attacking the zone. I was able to get ahead of almost everybody, throwing both my sinker and cutter for strikes and had some pretty good change-ups. So again, I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything more than that. And it's a bummer that (laughs) the offense just didn't show up yesterday. Not to take anything away from the Blue Jays' bullpen, because they were really good this weekend and limited the damage against the Yankees on opening day and on Sunday. And yes, while they dropped two out of three to the Blue Jays, they won that middle game on Saturday, and there were a lot of positive things in that middle game on Saturday. Jay Bruce put on a little bit of an offensive show on his birthday, which is fun. Jonathan Loisaga looked amazing coming out of the bullpen. He has, I think it's, is it a changeup? I saw it on Twitter, but one of his pitches, I mean, it looked like a wiffle ball. And if that boy can stay healthy and do what he did on Saturday on a regular basis, he is a weapon out of the bullpen. I would love that for him. I have a soft spot for Jonathan Loisaga. I don't know if it's because he looks like he's 14 (laughs) and I want to protect him at all costs, but I just, there's something about that kid. I want him to succeed in the worst possible way. And seeing what he did on Saturday made me so happy. Yes, it was a changeup. And he used that changeup to strike out both Kevin Biggio and Rowdy Telez. So he was very reliant on his fastball in 2020. 67.3% of his pitches were either four seamers or sinker. That's per baseball savant. But his changeup is just as important. And if his changeup moves the way it was moving on Saturday, if he can keep it like that all season, batters are going to have a real problem against him. He said that after he blew the save in Cleveland in the wild card series, Aroldis Chapman gave him some advice. He basically told Loisaga, it's important to believe in your pitches, believe in the quality of your pitches and attack hitters. Loisaga said that having guys like Chapman and Britton and O'Day and other guys who were over 30, because Loisic is only 25. He said, it's important for me. Not only do I get to spend time with them in the bullpen, I get to spend time with them in the clubhouse, on the field, playing catch, and that allows me to ask questions and find bits of information that can be useful for me. Information that I can put into practice right away when I enter a game. I've said this so many times. It is so important for these young guys to have veterans like that on the team. Because these boys are sponges, especially at 25. Your brain's, I think, either just fully developed or is still developing. And, you know, it's so good to have the older guys on the team. I know a lot of people have issues when the Yankees sign older players, but having a guy like Darren O'Day, who's been around for a really long time, is really helpful for someone like Jonathan Loisica. So he's appeared twice for the Yankees this season so far. He has not allowed a base runner, has not allowed a run, obviously, and he has four strikeouts in three innings. He also earned the win on Saturday. Aaron Boone had this to say about Loisica. He's attacked the zone in a really good way this spring and so far these first couple of games. And that's the key. As Chapman told him, you have to believe in your pitches and you have to be able to throw them and have confidence when you do so. And yeah, that's a big deal. So I'm glad to see Loisica that things are working out for him. Let's just hope I don't have wood near me. I'll hit my head. 
Um, let's just hope that he stays healthy and puts everything together in 2021. Speaking of wanting someone to be healthy in 2021 and finally putting things together, Giancarlo Stanton was not in the lineup for yesterday's game, and people panicked. Because again, it was the third game of the season and people were overreacting as usual. He was fine. <laughs> Aaron Boone said, geez, good. Just wanted to get a lefty in there. That's why Gardner was in the lineup. He didn't want to play Stanton five games in a row, and Stanton will probably be in every game against the Orioles. That series starts tonight. We'll preview that in a bit. So just another word of advice to everyone. Don't panic and read into everything. This happened the other day with Judge, or not even the other day. I think it was last week now. Before the season started and the last few games of spring training, Aaron Judge wasn't playing. People were panicking, thinking he was hurt. He was just under the weather. And I get it because you know what? I sometimes feel the same way when someone's left out of the lineup because, you know, we, we've gone through some stuff the last few seasons, Yankee fans, with people being hurt. So I kind of understand it, but just don't overreact right away. Just try not to. It's too early to do that. In a moment, I'll be previewing the upcoming series with Baltimore, and I'll be talking about Corey Kluber because he pitched on Saturday and I haven't even mentioned it yet. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. I told you on Friday, Coconut Brownie Chunk won Built Bar Madness and was named the best Built Bar flavor. And I mean, as much as I love mint brownie, Coconut Brownie Chunk is right up there with it. I was sent a box of them about a month and a half ago, and... My goodness, the first bite, I thought, this cannot be good for me. There's no way. But it is because every Built Bar is good for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're great for the keto diet. You can eat them and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're great for anyone who's health conscious and works out all the time. They're not gritty, they're soft, they're easy to chew. Every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. And I'll let you in on a little bit of a secret here. The Locked On MLB hosts regularly talk about how much we love Built Bar. We discuss our favorite flavors. We'll argue because there are a few people in the chat who don't like coconut. Um, what is wrong with you? But anyway, we legitimately like this product, which is why we talk it up all the time. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That means next, not first. So you could have ordered 50 boxes of Built Bars and you'll still get 15% off. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to give you an advantage in your leagues, Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data in nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I was talking about Saturday's game, and I didn't even mention Corey Kluber, who started. Now, his outing wasn't long, but it was effective. And not only that, Gary Sanchez hit another home run on Saturday. Gary! So let's talk about Kluber, who made his Yankees debut on Saturday. It wasn't a long outing, but he's healthy. That's important. And he pitched well enough to win. He allowed one earned run on five hits in four innings. He struck out five, he walked three, and he had to leave the game, or he was taken out of the game after giving up a home run to start the fifth inning. 
But for Kluber, this is a big step. He only pitched in one game last season with the Rangers. And overall, his debut was positive. He said it was fun to get back out there and have a chance to compete with the boys. (laughs) I think that all in all, I made pitches when I needed to. So he threw 74 pitches. He also loaded the bases in the fourth inning, but got Danny Jansen to ground out to end the inning. And that was a big deal because Danny Jansen is a Yankee killer. (laughs) Aaron Boone said about Kluber, I thought Corey threw the ball well. He had a pretty easy first couple of innings there. Then he had to extend himself a little bit, had that little stretch there where he lost the zone a little bit. Just the movement on his pitches, the ability to move in and out, I thought was really good. I thought overall it was another good step for him. Now for Kluber, just being on the mound was a big deal for him because that torn muscle in his right shoulder limited him to only 18 pitches last season with the Rangers. He's thrown 36 and two-third innings over the past two years, making just seven starts in 2019 with Cleveland. That year, he dealt with forearm and oblique injuries. Kluber said, you spend a lot of time by yourself rehabbing, whether it's away from the team when they're on the road or coming in early and doing things before all the guys are in there. You kind of miss that team aspect of it. Now, the other thing I'll say about Kluber, and I found it funny when I was looking things up on YouTube and watching clips of the guys, because, I, you know, sometimes I'll play the clips and other times I won't. I was noticing how people were kind of dissing Corey Kluber for being like a robot and not being animated when he speaks. Not everyone needs to be like Nick Swisher, okay? It's fine that Corey Kluber is the way that he is. There's a reason they call him Klubot. It's not a shocking development that he's not this over-the-top, wacky kind of personality. So just give the guy a break. So now that the Blue Jays series is in the rearview mirror, so to speak, the Yankees are looking to bounce back against the Orioles beginning tonight at Yankee Stadium. Jordan Montgomery will be making his season debut against Jorge Lopez. And Montgomery believes that he will have a productive season. He dropped 15 pounds during the offseason, saying that he no longer subscribes to the theory of mass equals gas, which is good. The lefty generated 6% soft contact rate last season, suggesting that he pitched better than his ERA indicated. Now, as you all know, he was coming back from Tommy John surgery last season. This will be his first full season back from that surgery. It'll be interesting to see how he does. As I've mentioned, he has CC Sabathia and Andy Pettit on his speed dial on his phone. So if he needs any help, he has two of the best lefties to ever pitch in baseball at his disposal, which is pretty awesome. Jorge Lopez was strong in six spring training appearances. He left Sarasota, which is where the Orioles play, with a 2.75 ERA and a starting rotation spot. Now, in 2020, he started six games and owned a 6.34 ERA. So it'll be interesting to see which Jorge Lopez shows up, the spring training 2021 version or the 2020 regular season version. The Yankees are probably hoping it's the 2020 regular season version and that they get their offense going. Game two of the series against Baltimore will be Tuesday night in the Bronx, 635 start. Garrett Cole will be making his second start of the season against Dean Kramer. Cole had a no decision during opening day. He allowed two runs on five hits, two walks over five and one third innings. He threw 62 of his 97 pitches for strikes. He struck out eight. His season ERA right now is 3.38. 
Dean Kramer got his first taste of the big leagues last September, going 1-1 one one with a 4.82 ERA in four starts. He's the team's number seven prospect. He earned that starting spot and a chance to improve his command, which he struggled with during spring training. So again, the Yankees offense is probably hoping that version of Dean Kramer shows up in Yankee Stadium tomorrow night. And finally, on Wednesday night, it is also another night game. At 6.35 p.m., Jamison Tyone will be making his Yankee Stadium and Yankees debut. He will be facing off against John Means. Tyone was 1-1 with a 1.08 ERA in four spring games, three starts. He struck out 14. He walked four in eight and one-third innings. Means fired seven shutout innings against the Red Sox on opening day. He held Boston to one hit and two base runners while striking out five. The 2019 All-Star is 1-1 with a 5.54 ERA in his career at Yankee Stadium. Again, the Yankees offense would prefer that John Means show up than the one who was pitching against Boston on opening day. So to recap, the Yankees did not have a great weekend against the Blue Jays, but it wasn't a completely lost cause. There were positives. Michael King, Jonathan Loisaga, Gary Sanchez, Corey Kluber. Yes, the offense seems dead, but they'll wake up eventually. And hopefully, eventually, is tonight against the Orioles. So for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Fantasy Baseball. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Monday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. 